Welcome to this exciting series on Proverbs, the voice of wisdom. The book of Proverbs has been read and treasured by millions of believers for hundreds of years. There is so much wisdom to be found in this amazing book. In this series, Pastor Tim Brooks and Paul Kern will be sharing concepts of wisdom that will equip you to share in this life of victory God has for you. Now, join Pastor Paul Kern for this message on Proverbs, the voice of wisdom. Welcome to Proverbs Lesson 6. So last Wednesday, Pastor Tim talked about different kinds of people in Proverbs. And I'm going to continue right along with that. And we're going to look at three different types of people. So if you want to go to Proverbs chapter 1. So we're going to talk about three kinds of people. The first one is the thief. The thief, also called the sluggard or the lazy. The second is the poor and the needy. The poor and the needy. And the third type is the worker, also called the diligent or the rich. So we're going to look at these three types of people tonight. So we're going to start with the thief. Proverbs chapter 1, starting in verse 10, all the way through verse 19, it, it warns people against being greedy. It's real easy to become a greedy person, greedy with your possessions, greedy with your finances, greedy with your stuff, your life, your gifts, your talents, your abilities. Proverbs warns us against this. And specifically, we're going to look at in this particular uh, section under the thief, warning against uh, falling prey to get-rich-quick schemes. They're all over the place, right? I mean, golly, these things are just a dime a dozen. Get-rich-quick schemes. And, that, and that's probably one of the biggest traps that I've seen a lot of Christian people fall into because, you know, within church, you have a lot of friends. Within church, you have a lot of people that you know. And so these marketing schemes really kind of spread like wildfire when you have communities of people that are together. Now let's look at a few verses. Proverbs chapter 13, Proverbs 13 verse 11. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes disappear quickly. Wealth from hard work grows over time. All right, Proverbs 10 verse 2. Tainted wealth has no lasting value, but right living can save your life. So it's talking about dishonest wealth or tainted wealth. All right, go over to chapter 28. Chapter 28, verse 22. Greedy people try to get rich quick, but don't realize they're headed for poverty. Now, Proverbs warns us to watch out and not to get swayed into these types of schemes, get rich quick schemes, because they always make it sound so promising. You know, when you talk to people, they make it sound so uh, enticing. And man, you can just, listen, you don't hardly have to do anything. This is something that you can do on the side. It's not really going to require a lot of your time. It's not going to require a lot of work, but you're going to make a lot of money. And it just doesn't work like that, church. I'm telling you, that's just not the way you acquire wealth. Now, know this. Right wealth only comes by diligent work 
and time. That's how you acquire wealth, and that's how the Bible teaches us to acquire wealth. All right, look at Proverbs chapter 21. We're going to be looking at a lot of scriptures tonight. Proverbs 21 verse 5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Wealth created by a lying tongue is a vanishing mist and a deadly trap. The violence of the wicked sweeps them away because they refuse to do what is just. Now, here are two ways not to get wealth, and it's pointing it out right here. These are two ways not to get wealth. Number one, following hasty shortcuts, taking like a quick way to get there. You can't get wealth like that. It doesn't work that way. Number two, getting wealth by lying to other people. The Bible says you can't get wealthy by lying and deceiving people. Now, me being in the position that I'm in over the years, I've had lots and lots and lots of people talk to me about get-rich-quick schemes. I'm a pastor, right? And we don't do anything. That's what everybody thinks. Pastors, all they, you know, they sit around all week long. They do absolutely nothing. They only talk one time a week. Good Lord, what else could they possibly be doing? So I'm going to talk to him because he's got all this time on his hands. And so you get invited over to dinner by somebody that you've never been invited to dinner to before, ever. You better watch out. I'm just telling you, they're not inviting you over because they're wanting to feed you a ribeye and a baked potato. Although you might get that, but that's not why they're inviting you. Or, you know, you hear from somebody on Messenger. They, you know, they PM you or they DM you and they say, hey, could I just have a few minutes of your time this evening to talk to you about something. Well, you can already know what they're wanting to talk to you about. Now, I fell into this because I just, I had so many people over the years hit me up, hit me up, hit me up, trying to convince me that I could make a, a lot of money. And so, you know, and it's like, you always hear it's like, it's, this is a brand new deal. It's just starting out. You can get in on the ground floor. How many of y'all have ever heard that before? <laughs> That's what they tell you to say. Well, they may not necessarily tell you to say that. That's just what they say. And so in turn, you say that, okay? But that's the line. You get in on the ground floor, it's just starting out. You're going to be right here at the very start. You're going to get all the, you know, and you're, you're going to get rich. I'm telling you, you're going to be rich beyond your wildest imagination. And so I got suckered into one of these deals and... And, you know, listen, if anybody knows me, those of you that in our church that may not know me all that well, let me just tell you something about myself. And those that do know me, they'll know, you'll know what I'm talking about. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it the best of my ability. It's going to be excellent, and it's going to be the best that you can do. That's just my personality. I'm not going to halfway do something. So I'm telling you, if it was possible to disprove Proverbs, I would have done it. But number one, God's word is truth, amen? And I, I wasn't wise. I should have been wise. I knew better. That's what you call being foolish. Foolish is thinking that you're a, you, there's a special exception clause for you in the Bible when it comes to God's word. 
And I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. And I'm telling you, church, I gave it my very best. And um, I'm not rich. Not at all. Get rich quick schemes can cause you to take advantage of friends and family. In other words, friends and family become a means to an end instead of the end. Does that make sense? And you don't want to take advantage of your friends and your relationships and family members because they just become another opportunity for you, another person down the line in your pyramid that will enable you to make money. And so, you know, all you younger people that are in here, just trust me, guys. You guys sitting right over here. Don't waste your time doing that. It's, it's a waste of your time. It's dishonest. It uses people. And you're not going to get rich doing it. So I'm just encouraging you, don't waste your time doing that. Now, these scams, they succeed because they prey on people's weaknesses. And the weaknesses is that you're going to get something quick and you're going to get a lot of it and it's going to be easy. I mean, we all watch the infomercials, right? That's how they sucker people into buying those, the exercise equipment or the wrinkle cream or, you know, all the stuff, right? Take this and you will gain 30 pounds of lean muscle in 30 days. I'm telling you, that's a complete impossibility. You, I mean, I don't even think you could do that if you hijacked a truck full of steroids. That's not possible. But they promise these things to you, and they simply can't deliver that. So when you and I engage in honorable employment, we're cooperating with God. We're blessing other people by giving them a product. That is how God intended us to get wealth, okay? Jason mows for me. He helps me, okay? He gives something to me, and then I give something in return to him. We're both happy. He's happy because he got money. I'm happy because I got my pastor's mode because I didn't have time to do it. So that is the way honest exchange of wealth happens, and that's the way God intended it. Now, Look at Proverbs chapter 6. The thief, the lazy, the sluggard, they want something for nothing. They don't have to do anything for it. They just want to get it. Does that kind of sound like our culture today? Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 9. You lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber a little folding of your hands to rest, and then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. It'll, it'll attack you like an armed robber. That's what it's saying. Get up, quit sleeping. Proverbs 26, 14, I like this one. Go over to Proverbs 26, 14. As a door swings back and forth on its hinges, so the lazy person turns over in bed. A modern-day translation is, they hit the snooze button over and over and over and over and over. I've never hit the snooze button. That's a bad habit because you'll, you'll become a lazy person. Well, some of you out there are like, oh, no, <laughs> he's preaching. He's preaching about my weakness. 
it's a bad habit to get started because you just roll over and over and over and you don't get up like you need to so that you can be a productive person. So business owners in here tonight, those of you who own businesses, Proverbs cautions you and they say, don't hire a lazy person. A lazy person will irritate you. Lazy people irritate me. It drives me crazy. They got that saunder. I mean, I got guys in Applied Life Leaders Academy that come to our internship. Now, my dad taught me my whole life. I mean, you know, I'm a little kid growing up. My dad's 6'2". He's got a gait when he walks. You know, my dad, he's moving when he walks. And my dad, if I was ever walking behind him, he'd say, boy, get up here. You don't ever walk behind a man. You always walk beside a man. And amongst other things, you know, don't walk with your hand like this. Don't stand around with your hands in your pockets. My dad taught me a lot of things about being a man. Those things just don't come naturally to you, right? They have to be taught. And so that saundering boy, that gets me. And so, I mean, with these LA guys, I'm like, let's go, come on, get up here. I remember telling one guy one time, I said, man, you're as slow as Christmas. Hurry up. He said, yeah, but everybody likes Christmas. And it just came to my mind. I said, yeah, they do, but don't nobody like waiting on it. Come on. I thought that's pretty good. That, that was witty. It came, came quick. So business owners, if you work a lazy person, he's more of a nuisance than he is a help. Proverbs 10, 26, lazy people irritate their employers. They're like vinegar to the teeth or smoke to the eyes. One of the most undesirable traits of a lazy person is this. They know it all. I don't know if y'all have ever come across this, but well, look at Proverbs 26, 16, because Proverbs talks about it. It's been going on forever. Hundreds and thousands of years, this has been going on. People, people don't change. Proverbs 26, 16. Lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. I mean, they're not going to do any work, but they're going to tell you how you should be doing the work. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I can't believe this. What is happening right now? You're not doing anything. I mean, you have no money. You have really no job. You're not being productive. But you're going to tell this guy who has a business and is making all kinds of money how he ought to be doing things. You, some of you employers in here, you know what I'm talking about. You just, you know, they come up, I need to have a meeting with you. You know, I mean, they can't pay attention. I mean, I mean... And that was a pun, okay? I'm, for those of you who didn't get it, maybe you'll, you'll catch it later. But they're going to come to you. They can't pay attention, but they're going to come to you and tell you what you ought to be doing. It's funny. Lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. The thief, the sluggard, the lazy, they're so good at making excuses. And then once again, those of you that are employers in here, you've heard it all. Uh, it's kind of like being a teacher, you know, my dog ate my homework. I was abducted by space aliens. I mean, I don't know. I had a headache. That's why I couldn't come into work. My car broke down. My car wouldn't start. I had a stomach ache. My alarm didn't go. I'm just listing some because I've run into a lot of these over the years. My alarm did not go off. 
I had a dentist appointment. And this is the fourth dentist appointment that I've had this week. How many dentist appointments can you have in one week? But the lazy person, they're going to make excuses after excuse after excuse why they can't work or why they can't make it into work. They're always going to give a reason why they're unable to be productive and perform. This came up or that came up or this happened or that happened or this reason. And, and, and the fact is, in their mind, it's very legitimate. But I always told my sons growing up, you can go to your boss and you can tell him that your alarm didn't go off, but I'm going to tell you something right now. He don't care. You can go to your boss and tell him that you had a family hardship. He doesn't care. It isn't going to matter. You can give him all the reasons in the world of why you didn't get it done or why you were late or why you were unable to do what it is what you're supposed to do. But ultimately, what he's going to do is he's going to let you go and he's going to find somebody who can, not somebody who's always given a reason why they can't. Does that make sense? So we got to really avoid being a lazy person. All right, go to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. Now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives. In other words, lazy. And don't follow the traditions that they receive from us. For you know how you ought to imitate us. We were not idle. We didn't sit around playing video games all day long. You know, I just read a recent statistic, and I think I saw it on Fox News, that uh, uh, just a recent statistic, 40% of men, not just young men, men, period, 40% more men are not working and playing video games all day long. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-video game. I, I'm, I'm all right for playing a video, video game from time to time but not 40, 50, 60 hours a week. No, you've got to be productive. It says, we were not idle when we were with you. Verse eight, we never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so that we would not be a burden. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. See, we are called to set an example to other people. Fathers in this room, you have a responsibility to set an example to your children of hard work. Mothers in this room, you have a responsibility to train and prepare your young people to face the world. And the way that you do that is you teach them how to work. Work is very important. All right, go to 1 Timothy. You're right there by it. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3. So we're kind of looking at who to help and who not to help. We just saw that you don't help somebody who's lazy and won't work. The Apostle Paul said, we could have asked you for stuff, but we didn't. We set an example, okay? So here we are in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3. Take care of any widow who has no one else to take care of her. So we have that responsibility. But... If she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home 
and repay their parents for taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. So if, if there's a widow and that widow has family, the responsibility is for the family, not the church, or their neighbors to take care of them, or the government, right? I mean, if we just do what the Word says, we'd have a lot less problems. Verse 3, take care of any widow who has no one else to take care of her, but if she has children or grandchildren. All right, verse 5, here's a true widow. Well, what's a widow? Here's a widow, a woman who is truly alone in this world and has placed her hope in God. She prays day and night. She asks God for help. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she lives. Give these instructions to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the faith. <clears throat> Such people are worse than unbelievers. A widow, if she's going to be put on a support list, she must be at least 60 years old, and she was faithful to her husband. She must be well-respected. She's brought up her children well. She's kind to strangers. She served other believers humbly as she's helped those who are in trouble. Now you help her. Then it goes on to say a type of widow that you don't help, okay? Younger widows should not be on the list because of their physical desires and things like that. And, and you can go in and read that. I'm not gonna cover all that, but the Bible makes it very clear who we are to help and who we are to not help, okay? So that's that first person, the, the lazy, I mean the thief, the thief, the lazy. The second type is the poor and needy, the poor and needy. <clears throat> now, some people are poor and needy because they're lazy. And that, that's just the facts, okay? They just won't work. They're not diligent. They don't handle their money correctly. And because of that, they're poor and they're needy. Let's look at some scriptures. Go back to Proverbs chapter 10. And we're going to look at verse 4. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get what? Rich. How many want you to be rich? I want to be rich. Well, you're not going to get there being lazy. I'll tell you that right now. It won't happen. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 13. If you love sleep, you'll end in poverty. Keep your eyes open. There'll be plenty to eat. <clears throat> you want to have money to buy food? Work. You want to be broke and poor? Stay in the bed. Be lazy. You won't have anything. Chapter 21, verse 17. Those who love pleasure become poor. Those who love wine and luxury will never get rich. You're not ever going to get rich like that. Now, some people were not disciplined and they weren't taught when they grew up to work. And that's why they're lazy. It's a generational thing that's passed down. When I was growing up, I grew up in East Texas. I grew up in the country, 18 miles out of town. We had a farm, 60 acres. We had another farm of 80 acres. We had another of 150 acres. We had another of 200 acres. We had land all over the place. My grandfather was a cattleman. My dad was a cattleman. 
My dad worked in the oil field. I didn't sleep in on Saturdays. That was not an option for me in my house. Every Saturday, my dad got me up because there were fences to be repaired. There were cattle to be sprayed. There were fruit trees to be sprayed. There was hay to be hauled. There was all kinds of stuff going on all the time. And so my whole life, I worked. Now, all you young people, I want you to listen to me a minute. It's real easy to get frustrated with your parents when they're requiring you to work. Like, clean up your room, make your bed, clean up your bathroom, take out the trash. Don't make me have to ask you to take out the trash. You just need to learn to take out the trash. Wash the dishes, help around the house, be involved, okay? You get irritated with your parents about stuff like that. But I want you to listen to me because I'm looking back on retrospect and I can tell you something. Out of all the things that my dad ever did for me, and my dad bought me things and did things for me, out of all the things that my dad ever did for me, the best thing, the very best thing that my dad gave me was a work ethic. It's the best gift my dad ever gave me. And I really want to encourage our young people in here. You do everything that is within you to defeat laziness in your life. Because if you don't, you will never have anything. I have money in my pocket right now. I have a few things. Most all of my stuff is paid for. But the reason that it is, is because I learned how to work. So it's important that you learn how to work. That's one of the best, you, you dads in here, it's the best gift you can give your children. You moms, it's the best gift. All right, Proverbs 14, 23. Proverbs 14, 23. Work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Now, some people are poor because they like to talk about what they're going to do. And I've met a lot of people, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to start this, and I'm going to go here, and I'm going to form this company. I'm going to make this investment. I'm going to do this thing. Now, and, and I'm not being critical of that because some people are extrovert thinkers, okay? Some people are introvert thinkers. Some people are extrovert thinkers. If you're an extrovert thinker, you talk out loud. Now, if you're, if you're a husband, you need to learn not to do that because you freak your wife completely out because you've done 10 things and moved five places and she's about to have a nurse breakdown and you're probably not going to do none of those. So you just need to keep that to yourself <laughs> until you figure all that out. Some people are poor and needy because they're just not wise. They don't handle their money wisely. They blow everything they get. They make bad decisions. They make foolish decisions. They make decisions without getting counsel. I've seen people go do things. Listen, ask somebody. I mean, it's silly to be in church surrounded by business, successful business people, and you not ask somebody what they think about it before you do it. That's pride. That's foolishness. 
it'll get you in trouble. And I'm not saying go around blabbing everything you're thinking about doing to everybody in the church, but you know, get with you somebody that you know that knows how to handle their money. They've done a good job. You can see that they're living blessed and go to them and say, here's what I'm thinking about doing. Because we all have ideas, but if all you do is talk about them and you never implement them, you hadn't done anything, right? Five frogs are sitting on a log. Four thought about jumping off. How many are on the log? Five. They just thought about it. They talked about it. They thought about it, but they never did anything. So we got to be doers. Proverbs chapter 6. My child, if you have put up a security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee a debt of a stranger, if you've trapped yourself by agreement, if you've been caught by what you said, follow my advice. Place yourself at your friend's mercy and get out of that thing as quick as you can. Don't, don't ever put yourself in that position, okay? Also, if you're a member in our church, don't ever go to another person in our church and ask them if you can borrow money and you will pay them back. You don't ever do that. Now, if you want to go to them and ask them if they will give you money, that's one thing. But you don't ever put another person in a position to guarantee a loan for you or co-sign on a loan for you. The scripture says don't do that. If you put yourself in that situation, it, I mean, it literally says swallow your pride, go and beg to have your name erased, don't put it off, do it now, get out of it, okay? So is there ever a time to help the poor and needy? Because I don't want to come across as if you don't ever help the poor and needy. Is there ever a time? Absolutely, there's a time to help the poor and needy. We're called to help, not harm. We're called to bless people. That's what we're called to do. There are situations that require help, and we should help. There are people who they just, you know, they hit a bad spot. It happens in life. It's just one of those situations comes up. Landed in a bad place. They're in a difficult situation. They'll get back on their feet again. They always have. But right now, they're in a bad spot, and they've asked us to help them, and we should help. That's exactly what we should do. They're going to do fine. They're going to work. They're going to recover. They're going to get themselves out of that situation. But right now, they're just having a hard time, and we ought to help people like that. Proverbs 11, verse 24, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy lose everything. Proverbs 14, 21. It is a sin to belittle one's neighbor. Blessed are those who help the poor. Proverbs 19, 17. If you help the poor, you're leaning to the Lord and he will repay you. I don't loan money to people. I'll give it to them and bless them or I won't, but I don't loan money to people. I don't loan money to people on interest. I'm either going to bless them and I'm going to get it for them or I'm not, but I'm not going to put myself in that place. So there are lots of times that we help the poor and the needy. There are those that need help, and we ought to help. There are those that you help, and they're helped. There are those that you help, and you don't help. You just make it worse. And we've got to be wise, and we've got to know the difference. We've got to walk in wisdom. We can't be so callous and greedy that we don't help people but we can't be so giving and merciful that you keep the poor poor. You understand what I'm saying? You know, we got, Tim and I have a saying 
that we both kind of go by, and it's really kind of funny, but it goes like this. If you fix the fix that God fixed to fix a person, he'll have to fix another fix to fix them. In other words, you can get in the way of what God's doing because sometimes people are in a situation and life is trying to teach them something and they need to learn because of what they're doing. And, and also understand, the longer that you support anyone, the longer you'll have to support them. And we've seen that happen with our welfare system because you produce a dependence. Helping someone should be quick and short, not something that you do over years and years and years, is something that you do for a period of time to help them get back on their feet. So when you see a need, ask yourself, what is God doing here? Does God want me to do something in this situation? Or is life teaching them something? And do I not need to get in the way of that and just let life teach them something? Or is this person diligent? Are they a hard worker? Are they wise in their decisions? And they just need some help in this particular time in their life. And sometimes that happens and we need to do that. So ask yourself, will my help help? Or will my help require them to need more help a month from now? Does that make sense? So we want to be wise. The last person is the diligent or the rich. The diligent or the rich. Look at Matthew 25, verse 21. This is the parable of the three servants. Verse 21 says, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now, listen, young people, the reward for being faithful is more work. You understand that? The reward for being faithful, TC, is more work because more work brings more blessings. Does that make sense? Eric Oliver owns a window company. The more he works, the more windows he sells. The more windows he sells, the more he's blessed. And it reciprocates itself, and that's the way God meant for it to work. Terry is an auto mechanic. The more he helps people by repairing their cars, the more they bless him. The more he's blessed, the more work he gets. So if you say, well, I really wanna be blessed. Well, really what you're saying is, I want more responsibility. I want more work. That's how God blesses you. So you'll work two jobs or you work three jobs. God can bring a lot more money to you or you work longer hours. God can bring a lot more money to you when you live that way, okay? Proverbs 10, four. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. Proverbs 24, 27. Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. So you make your living first, you establish your business, then you enjoy some of the fruits of your labor, right? Benjamin Franklin said, diligence is the mother of good luck. Diligence is the mother of good luck. Boy, they're lucky. Well, most any people that you see that you think are lucky, the reason that they're lucky is because they work a lot and God's able to bless them. So probably the worst invention that we've ever had in our country, by far the worst invention that we've ever had in our country is that a person can spend money that they don't have and they can't get back. It's the worst invention ever. Don't spend money you don't have. If you've got a credit card, there's nothing wrong with using your credit card 
as long as at the end of the month, you pay your card off. We had a young woman that, that called me about coming to our internship a few years back. She was 21 years old. She wanted to come to Applied Life Leaders Academy, but she said, I've got some debt that I got to get paid off. I said, do you mind me asking how much? And I was thinking, you know, may, maybe at the most a couple thousand dollars. Are you ready for this? 21 years old. She had six credit cards. They were all maxed out. They were all 22 to 27% interest and she owed over $22,000. Now, all you young people in the room, I'm telling you, you better listen. You don't even have to qualify for a credit card today. When I was growing up, you had to. Now you don't. You go to college, you enroll, you'll get one or two a month in the mail. They're trying to get you on a credit card. The rich are wise, the rich are diligent, the rich don't allow themselves to get in that position, right? You don't ever go out and buy furniture on credit. It's foolishness that just appreciates, right? Your assets always have to exceed your liabilities at any given time. If I go out, I'm not saying you can't borrow money, but if I'm going to go out and borrow money, I'm going to make sure that my what I own and my assets exceed any liabilities that I have. In other words, if I get in trouble, I can go sell what I have and I can easily pay off everything I have and be in great shape and have money in the bank. That's how you want to live. You don't ever put yourself upside down. The rich are wise, the rich are diligent. Now, as I close, you may not have a brand new car. You may not have brand new clothes. You may not go on all the fancy vacations. You may not go and hang out at Starbucks two or three nights a week. You may do without a lot of those things, but let me tell you something that you will have. You will have money Monday morning after you get paid on Friday. You will have money in your bank account. You will have money in your life. So God wants us to be wise. Three types of people, thief, poor, needy, diligent. We've talked about other kinds of people, the scorner, the wicked, the fool, the simple. Let me end this lesson by saying this. If you're not what you want to be, or as Tim and I have talked in these last two lessons, maybe you're one of these people in here that you, you really, I don't need to be that kind of person that I am. Here's great news for you. You can change. You can because Jesus died for you and he resurrected and he gave you power to be a different person. I grew up in several types of scenarios that weren't good, but the cross of Jesus set me free. And I began to train myself to think different, to see things different, and I was able to become a different person. You have the power and the ability to be who you want to be. And tonight, I encourage you to be that person. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message on Proverbs. CMC has so much to offer. We host men's and women's conferences each year, summer camps for all ages, a Christian school K-4 through 12th grade, youth conferences, a college-age internship, and much more. Go to cmchurch.com for more information about all the great things CMC has for you.